special guests with us. We are going to be diving into the sometimes scary, sometimes tricky, sometimes overwhelming topic of accessibility. So we want to make sure that our sites are passing all these tests. And with us today, we've got our pal, Eric Dingler. Um, before we let him uh, take the mic, though, let's just go around and introduce ourselves just so everybody knows who we are. Uh, Tim, if you'd like to go first today. Yes. I know it always makes you happy to go first. <laughs> hey everyone, Tim Streifler here. I'm broadcasting from San Clemente, California. And you can find me online at divilife.com where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, and tutorials. And I'm excited about this topic because I know very little about accessibility, but it is something that is super, super important. And uh, uh, Stephanie mentioned... Um, uh, accessibility being scary, which I think for a lot of us, it is same thing with SEO or security, basically any of those web related technical topics that you don't fully understand are going to seem really daunting and overwhelming. And so hopefully this episode, our goal is to make it less overwhelming and less daunting. Um, and we have someone here who, who knows a lot more about accessibility than any of, uh, well, I, I can't speak for, for, for my other panelists, but at least a lot more than I know. So, so yeah, excited to be here. And Mr. Mike. Uh, hi, good evening, everybody. Uh, my name's Mike Devitt and, uh, I run a web design company called web design pro, uh, in the UK where we, uh, get up to all kinds of great things by helping our clients increase their profile and sales for their websites um, by creating their sites that not only, you know, we try to make them look as great as possible, but they pass those Google Lighthouse tests for performance, best practices, SEO, and tonight's topic, accessibility. Um, I'd like to say that um, we pass the accessibility through design, um, but I have to be completely honest and say that when I ran it through my website today, I really didn't know what score I was going to get because we're so focused on search engine optimization and performance that it is really easy to overlook things as important as accessibility. And I've really gone sort of dove into this topic over the last couple of weeks. And we were talking about um, last week in our um, Divi chat 192, when we were talking about our favorite Chrome extensions or um that I'd found this accessibility one. So really excited about tonight's topic and looking forward to it. Me too. My name, for those who don't know, is Stephanie Hudson. I am broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina, where it is a beautiful, sunny, warm day today. Finally, even though it's winter time here, we've had a little reprieve from all the terrible, crazy weather that's been going on in the United States. And uh, I represent Focus WP, which is my business that uh, serves agencies, freelancers, solopreneurs, anyone who's uh, serving uh, their clients in the digital marketing space and wants to scale and grow their business. We have lots of white label services like maintenance, development, copywriting, all kinds of things that we offer at focuswp.co. And as always, please feel free to join me in my Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz. You will find uh, these guys are all in it. Mike's very active in it. And, and Eric's in the group too. Eric, let's turn it over to you. Please introduce yourself. Tell the folks a little bit about you. 
Sure. So my name's Eric, uh, as you all have said, and I'm in the Norfolk, Virginia Beach area. So on the East Coast over here, uh, I own In Transit Studios. And so that's a, a web design and SEO and digital marketing um, agency. And we do other marketing as well, some creative marketing strategies to help people intentionally market offline to drive targeted traffic to their websites. So that's what we do at uh, In Transit. And then we have a separate brand, uh, Coastal City Creative, that is a white label uh, web design for promotional product distributors. So very oh. kind of niche. We just- I didn't even know you did that. Yeah. Well, when I bought In Transit, we're, we've pivoted Coastal City Creative to just do that. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. Um, so we've got about six uh, clients now, which is cool because it's having, these are people that are already doing marketing in areas that are getting asked every day if they have websites um, and mm. now they do. And so uh, awesome. that's a significant part of our business. So. That's cool. And a little fun yeah. fact about Eric's business in transit is that it used to belong to Josh Hall, one of our regular panelists on the yeah. show. So yeah. And they back- Good. No, you, he's still, he still has, is part of the business too, right? Yes. He is a, a percentage owner on it, but he's totally focused now on joshhall.co, but always there yeah. for an email text message, something like that. Yeah. Um, so really great. And I discovered Josh through Divi chat. Um, and then took some of his, you know, several tutorials, took some of his courses and then love I, it. And then I bought his business. So Divi chat, <laughs> it's all because of Divi chat, honestly. Wow. Bro. But I bought everybody Josh up for the Divi Chat affiliate commission on the, the agency <laughs> sale. <laughs> that, that no, a nice right? little Come affiliate on. commission right there. <laughs> Look out, everyone. Man, Eric's coming that. for you. I know. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. I have yes. invited him on. <laughs> uh, so when it comes to the topic of accessibility, there are two reasons that Eric is sitting in the guest seat right now. And that one is because he's a really talented developer. Like he's a smart guy. He's great at running his business and he's good at developing websites. But the flip side of that is that Eric is actually legally blind. I would call it a fun fact. I don't know how fun that is. <laughs> I almost said, look, here's a fun fact. Well, Eric's blind. It, it so if you fact. would def- define for folks, cause people are probably th- like, if you think of somebody who is blind, how the heck do you build a website, but legally blind. So if you could just give a quick little explanation of what that means to folks so that we can understand the perspective you're coming at this topic from on the other side. Sure. Absolutely. So I have a condition called ocular albinism. Uh, my, the back of my eyes are pink instead of red. Um, huh. and it's a genetic, uh, condition, but all of my, um, so it's the, the firstborn male, every other generation to all of the women and our family have this on my mom's side of the family, and all of my relatives before us that have had it, uh, it's full albinism. So they have, you know, white hair, white skin, the whole thing. But in this wow. generation, for some reason, my cousin and I, we have pigment, um, but we have the, just the, the visual impact of it. So anyway, um, so basically I live in a, I live in a world. You guys did not know you're going to learn about that tonight on Divi. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. (laughs) Yeah. And, and if you're still listening, um, the, uh, uh, so basically I just, I live in a, in a smaller world than everybody else that that's all. So, um, you, 
however, so my visual acuity without my glasses is 2,200. So if we go outside, however far, however you see a building from 200 feet away, I have to be 20 feet uh, from it to see it the same way you do. So that's my visual acuity. Um, so with, I don't, I don't want to get too medical on all of this, but when you see, is it dark or is it blurry or is it just smaller? Oh, it literally looks smaller. It just everything is, it's just smaller. So because of that, I lose okay. detail sooner. Now uh -huh. here's the part where this does become a fun fact. Okay. I do drive. I have a driver's license. Um, I guess because I could drive and not have a driver's license, but I do. I have a driver's <laughs> license. I do drive. You, legally drive. You legally drive. Legally I'm blind legally and legally drive. That's right. Um, I have a pair. I should have brought them in. I have a pair of driving glasses with a telescope in my <gasps> left lens. What? And uh, it's about the That's diameter. Like some 007 stuff. Yeah. Well, actually, normally people think I'm a jeweler. Um, mm -hmm. so that's, yep. you know, that's that. kind of fun. Um, and sometimes, you know, the kids and I have fun with that going through, you know, drive throughs and stuff like that. But, <laughs> um, it always freaks people out, but yeah, so I, I have to wear that to drive. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so I'm still a licensed driver. There's an awful lot I can do, even though I'm legally blind. And so then on the, the website, part of it is excuse me one second eric i missed a very i'm so mad at myself right now christian said i should have he said we should have had tim ask tim for a definition of ocular albinism dang it i blew it christian. quick tim quick tim get those fingers going christian and i should have talked beforehand i knew i should have reached out to him so, <laughs> yeah. so christian also works with you a lot and knows well enough that we can we can kid around that you have a good sense of humor about everything too guys don't don't at me that i'm being oh, yeah. no, mean no, Eric. no, no. no hey man like, please um you know so and, tell, and just talk say, to christian, us about your oh I'll go ahead i just want to say christian is like he he's he's great with all of this he knows ads he's got he, uh, the same certification I took, we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, and so, and he, he can speak up to more of that, but him and I are off often, you know, messaging and, and asking each other about different compliance things. So tell us a little bit about your experience as you browse the internet or use a computer and how you're limited or what, if you have any other devices that you have to use, things like that. Um, so I use a lot of the zoom features. Um, I not uh, like the zoom that we're in right now. Okay. Not right. Zoom. right. But magnification, the make bigger, the build in, um, yeah. I have my browser set to have larger text. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I, you know, I have to switch that off when I'm designing, uh, or working on a site. But the, one of the things we've realized is actually because of my monitor and the way it's set up. When I'm designing, we have much, if I do the design on my site or on my monitor, we have less uh, responsive issues um, when we go oh, to, that makes to sense. do that because we're taking a site that's already a little bit bigger and it's, and it's easierly than transitioning. So I don't know if that makes sense, but it just works out. Um, so yeah, for me, the, the biggest issues for me is um, using websites and apps on a mobile device. Mobile is very challenging, um, challenging if, especially if I'm outside, which I know can be challenging for anybody, but it's even more uh, for me. Sure, yeah. 
And the one, I'd say the one thing about compliance that you kind of have to wrap your head around with the whole thing is we tend to get a picture in our head that a website visitor that is disabled, that is going to be, you know, challenged with our website is somebody that is blind and can't see. Um, but in reality, there are a lot of permanent disabilities and temporary disabilities and situational in situations where it about 20% of the population it's estimated um, have a disability when it comes to engaging with your website. Um, so I have a disability using text messages when my ex texts me. <laughs> Let's talk more about that. Later, maybe later. Okay. All right. After the All right. Hey, so, uh, yeah. I was thinking maybe we should actually define what we're at, what we're really talking about. What is accessibility? Tim, do you want to tackle it? Do you want to tackle I the do definition? Not. I, I would no? <laughs> tackle it. Okay. Mike, do you want to? Because Mike, you've done I'm a little research. I'm just down on my seat. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I think that. Um, and then we'll let Eric, I mean, Eric correct us where we're Eric, wrong. Eric will, yeah, well, Eric will um, definitely um, hit the nail on the head from, from, uh, I, I suppose that I, the only way I, I see it is that the, um, it's the way that we mark up our websites primarily from, from a web, from a web perspective. It's how we mark up our websites in order for things like screen readers to um, be able to understand um, the uh, what's on the website. So for example, um, just using a, 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 a something that people do a lot with SEO when they're marking up images, people tend to mark up images with their keywords as opposed to marking up the images with what the image actually is. So what we're doing here is we're allowing the um, programs that um, software programs that are used by people um, with um, any kind of uh, impairments um, to be able to um, uh, have those uh, it, uh, websites read to them. Um, so that they can read those websites. And if we don't mark up our websites properly and we don't add the, the correct um, HTML elements to them, then what we end up with is um, it means nothing to that person who's trying to read that website. I think that's kind of uh, what we'd be potentially talking about tonight. Have I, am I in the right ballpark there, Eric? <laughs> that, that, is one, that is definitely um, one side of it and one half yeah. of it for sure. Um, so the, the interesting thing about it is in our, in my experience anyways, making the website compliant is the easy part. I mean, it's really not that complicated. Um, it's, it's very simple to do, you know, so there, there are two sets of standards right now. They're in the process of creating a third and, and I'll just, um, I've got a link I can tell people to head to. If you just go to, let me look at it here, um, w3.org. And so W3 is the World Wide Web Consortium, WC3. WC3 mm -hmm. is the organization, World Wide Web Consortium. Go to w3.org and on the left-hand side, just click on accessibility and you will find everything you need to know. Uh, there are tools to test all right. your sites. Show's over, Great. everybody. Have a good Hit one. Hit that link. Take care. See you yeah. next week. <laughs> um, they, have a, they have a great course. Uh, it takes about 16 hours to go through. You can audit it for free um, and take That's the cool. full course. Or 
you can pay $99 or if you've never paid it, generally they offer a discount of like 15% if it's your first time. And you can then uh, get the certification, the verified certification at the end. Um, oh, that's cool. Fantastic. I just do it. I mean, it. You, so they print it on like really big paper. <laughs> that was or a good you? one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, no, they don't. So, um, unless you have a really big monitor like I do, then it's yeah. then it's great. Yeah. Um, so that is that's the definitely the place to go. To it's the authority. They are the leaders that have put together the web content accessibility guide, WCAG. You'll see that a lot, the the WGAG. Um, and right now it's 2.1, uh, but they're currently developing 3.0. And they just put the had their first public uh, release of that in January. Um, so if you if you try to aim for those standards, they're, you know, 68, I think. That, that you have to, you know, go at to, to be, uh, to, to reach accessible qualification for, for your website. But to be honest, the, a lot of it's not the actual website. I mean, that may be maybe half of it. And that's the easiest part. The more challenging part we have found is the content from the clients, mm. especially video content. Um, technically, your video content should have subtitles and or right. a transcript as well as audio description for people that are blind um, because they can't see what's happening in the background. They may not know who's speaking. So you have mm -hmm. to provide uh, that with the video. Well, that's not on us. You know, right. it's on us to coach our clients and to lead them to that and encourage them to get that. But that's, that's not us. Um, speaking of, speaking of that, like I was trying, I was going to sort of maybe go down a road here where we talk a little bit about, in addition to blindness, you sort of alluded to it, uh, it visual impairment is what, or like somebody could be completely blind. You know, you've got, yeah. we've got these different ranges. So like if you could have a video that you can enlarge to a certain extent and get the sense of what's happening in it and you can hear it. If someone is deaf, they would need um, subtitles. If someone has, um, I was thinking to navigating a site, if, um, someone ha doesn't have use of their limbs and they're using a mouth, uh, a puff. what do they call it? Yeah. A, a, well, I wasn't even thinking of, I was thinking of where they have the stick and they use oh, yeah. that to tap the screen, That mm -hmm. it needs to be easy to hit the fields and easy to type contrast levels and background colors and text and all of these different things can come into play for, for the visual stuff, I guess. I, I think the visual impairments probably to me seem like they would be the most common issue with the exception of the subtitles on videos for hearing. Well, impairment. Is actually, that true or not? No, I think, cause once you combine um, uh, age related issues uh, and cognitive issues and, mm. and physical and mobility and hearing. Um, for example, if your website, ha if you have a form or something on your website and the only feedback is an audible like ding that something went wrong, well, mm. now anybody that's deaf isn't getting that. And right. so your website isn't now, is now no longer accessible for them. Um, Error so checking. There's mm. all kinds of things around that. So some of the, 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 the areas are people that we have to think of. Cause here's, here's the thing with accessibility websites. 
Um, I remember in the, the Divi Chat episode when Hans was on here from Termageddon. Love Termageddon. Love mm-hmm. Termageddon. Hans, amazing. Um, so he talked about the fact that privacy, pop, like it's just the right thing to do. You know, it's just yeah. the decent right thing to do. So it's accessible. Making your website accessible, you're kind of a jerk if you don't, because <laughs> it's not hard. Um, and Listen, blind people aren't my niche. Parking. So yeah, yeah but um, people with vision impairment deserve to be able to order a website. So let's say your web, your form, this is a, a common mistake on a lot of websites. They'll um, have an error message or they'll have a note like uh, all, you know, forms are required, required uh, answer or required questions um, are indicated in red. Yeah. Well, if you're colorblind, now you don't know what's red. Colorblindness. I didn't think of so that you've got, one. So you've got colorblindness. Yeah. So you have to have a color and then that you, so you do a lot of people then do the, the asterisks. Well, if you don't have that asterisk in the field's title, now a screen reader isn't going to read. Yeah. So there's, but that's, I mean, it's, that's really, really simple, but then it goes even further. It's simple if you know to do it though. You know, it's not like, but that's the thing. Yeah. Once you learn it, you're like, oh, this is, this is easy. And you can build a lot of this into your child themes, CSS for for just starting spinning up websites. Um, Mm -hmm you know, yeah. focus, you know, different focus elements and things like that. So it's, it's all very Speaking simple. of focus. Yeah. That's the name of my business. I've heard and that. we did a whole logo and everything. Our logo is in like 3d and it's got all these colors. After we went down the whole road of doing that, I found out that my partner, Tom is colorblind and he can't see in 3d with those glasses. It doesn't work for him. I was like, why didn't you mention I, that? He's I like, can't. cause I still think it's cool. Yeah. I can't see. I can't, I couldn't do it either. So, yeah, so there's a lot and that's okay um, because I can still see your, your logo. So, but you've got people that with cognitive. I um, wanted you, I wanted everyone else to have a hard time seeing my website, just like you, Eric. So I made everything all blurry. (laughs) That's so nice of you. Yeah. I can see Tim's just fine. I'm just saying. I don't know if that's helpful or not. (laughs) She's going to change it tomorrow. (laughs) So I, um, in my past life. I was a web developer for at Georgia Tech. I worked for the College of Engineering there and I was their web developer. And because that is a state institution, we had like, we had to have things pass accessibility tests. So I learned a lot about it back in, back in the day, but that's been like over 10, about 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. So, you know, that's been a while and things change and, you know, there's a lot more video, for example, now, like there wasn't video on every page on every website, like there is now and things like that. So I, but I did learn a lot, like, for example, the, the alt tags that we have all been falsely taught to use as Mike mentioned earlier for SEO, (laughs) those are supposed to describe that image to someone who can't see the image or can't see it clearly. That's what that is there for. And so that was super interesting to me. And I, that's something that I've sort of tried to always carry forward from that. But you can do both. You, you can do, you can deliver both in the alt text. So, and I actually uh, pulled up, I was just sending, I was helping a client uh, today uh, with this. He was putting some pictures on his, his website and he was writing a blog post about staying calm uh, by having a budget. He's a bankruptcy attorney. Mm-hmm. And he w- he has this picture that he wanted to put up a field of flowers and okay. he's new to this and it's a new website. And so he messaged me. He's like, I-, I don't know what to put on this is the alt tag, you know, because I want SEO, but that doesn't 
do anything. And I'm just like, right. sure. Your alt tag is just a field of flowers to show how a budget can keep you calm, you know, or living on like whatever mm -hmm. your key phrase is. So you can make it, Boom. you can you make can describe it, it why you're that's a really good way of doing it. Yeah, and, that's excellent. And the, the great thing about accessibility is this. Google loves everything you do to your website to make it accessible. It makes mm -hmm. it more accessible for search. It's more user-friendly because it forces you to make sure your forms go in a sense of logic. Um, you can't have things time out. Like if your chat times out on people, well, if somebody has a cognitive impairment or a mobility impairment, you, you, know, you, can, you can knock them out. And that's very frustrating. Or let's say you have a form and the first field is name and somebody's using, a, a, has the, the screen zoomed in. Well, what is that name? Is that my first name or is that my full name? So I type in my mm. full name. Well, now I move to the next field. There Which they go, my full last name. name. Last name. <laughs> so now I got to go back. You know, well, if I'm older and not used to using, now I'm going to get frustrated. Or if I'm using a screen reader, I'm going to get frustrated. So it's just, it's just some of those kinds of details. But everybody will benefit from this using your website. That's the amazing thing about accessibility. Yeah. We have a keyboard because a guy created the typewriter to help a friend of his who was blind to be able to write letters. Um, hmm. I think about curb cutouts. You know, curb cutouts are for people in wheelchairs, but bicyclists use them. Moms and dads with strollers, strollers use them. Yeah. Like, yeah, like every <laughs> Tim knows that one now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. That's why I said, mom. that's why I added the dads, to be honest. Exactly. At first, I yeah. almost just said moms. <laughs> so, I'll be honest. So yeah, yeah. So accessibility is good. It's just good. Yeah. It's just it, good. When talking about audio and subtitles and stuff, I personally, I don't keep my speakers on whether I'm on mobile or my computer. So I want to see subtitles, even though I can hear perfectly fine. I just prefer it that way. So it kind of goes Same into hit. the whole, it just creates a better web experience for everyone, not just for the impaired. So right. I, I love that it, point. And since we're talking Divi chat, none as of the last time I looked, which was today preparing for this, none of the main <laughs> uh, theme builders are out of the box compliant with the, the standards. Um, Divi is very close. Now there's a plugin that um, I just learned also today that it's no longer in the repository, something to do because it's called Divi accessibility. And That's since it clever. started with Divi, it, it got kicked out this whole thing. I don't know. Mm. Um, I don't really care. It's on our child. It's on our spin up uh, child theme for all new sites. And it fills in the gap completely. If you want to find out if your website is, um, you know, how much of the standard it meets, go to your website and use your website and never touch your mouse. If you can hit the tab and work through your website and hit enter to expand things, hit tab to get out, hit shift tab to go back. If you can completely control your website with your keyboard, you are most of the way to being fully technical um, from a technical perspective of your website being compliant. Um, so there's That's that. That's a great and then, tip. And then the other thing is um, your, so, a screen, if somebody's using a screen reader and it has it go down through and read the links, what, and if your text links all just say, click here, learn more, 
Well, they're just hearing link, click here, link, click here, link, click here. Well, you got to make it descriptive. Click here to learn more about, well, anybody that knows anything about SEO will tell you Google wants you to do the same thing. So it just all goes together. That um, plugin, uh, the the Divi accessibility plugin um, is on GitHub. You can download it on GitHub if you if you search for it. It's been updated in the last six months as well. So there's a um, anybody what was it that wants again? to use that. It, it's ju- I think it's just Divi called Divi accessibility. Yeah. And yeah, we can put it in the show notes. Come on. Yeah, yeah, we'll go. Yeah, Jody, get on that. When we uh, <laughs> when you say it's not accessible out of the box, but this fixes it. What I mean, it's not putting alt tags in. No, it's not no. changing the te- the text on your site or the contrast colors. Sure. So it. Um, so if you go to a, a Divi website and you click tab, the one of the first things you want to present people is an option that lets them skip to content because nobody wants to oh. tab through your navigation every single time. Um, right. well, and on have, every page too, on yeah. every single page. Right. So once they know your site and again, accessibility, one of the accessibility standards says that your navigational structure should be the same page to page to page. Well, that's just good design. So, yeah. um, so a lot of these people freak out and they're like, there's 68, you're going to meet most of them if you're just a decent designer. So don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Divi accessibility does that it, it creates, those tab functionalities, it helps with, it adds um, a hover state. Uh, when you're tabbing through content, it puts a box around things. Now you can target that, make it better because you need to have that hover state when you're using tab because you, you're not seeing where the mouse is going. Um, and so that's, it, it just does a lot of that kind of stuff. Now the color contrast and all that kind of stuff, there are several Chrome extensions. I use one wave. Um, it's a great Chrome extension. And then another one that I check websites with that's really good. Yeah, we, we needed Wave for Wave last week. We? That wasn't in our list last week. <laughs> I was gonna, what was the one you talked about last week? Yes, it's Accessibility Insights. I've got it here uh, for web. It's a Chrome extension. And you can okay. run through an assessment on your site by just doing a um, downloading the extension uh, adding your webs, uh, bring your website page up, hit assessment, and it'll walk you through um, a guided process for it. Yeah, and I've got I've got another one, web developer, and it's cool because as soon as you turn it on, yeah. I go in and I turn off um, all the CSS. Um, yeah. I make the page linear, so it just goes in a straight line, uh, and I turn off the images except alt text. And that's a really good way to look at your website to see is the content going in order? Are the headings in order? You know, are the form that's fields cool. in order? How many people are doing that now in Divi chat in the in the chat? It's all these are you people checking out your website. Website. I remember last week <laughs> when we were talking about the Chrome extensions, I joked about the one that removes CSS and we were like, why would anyone ever want to do that? Did. Well, we now did. we know. So there's a reason. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's super fun. Tim, you you invented that plugin from the future. Uh, okay. So let's switch gears a little, just a little bit. Um, I had mentioned I worked for, a, for the state. So we had requirements on us. Um, but 
you know, I've got a guy who has a lawn care business. I don't really, but let's say I do. What's the legal requirements on like, is this a legal requirement? Let's just, yes. let's just assume he is a good person. He's not just being a jerk. He, you know, but like what, what is legally required as far as accessibility and what are the, because we're American, we have to know like, what's the punishment? Like how bad would it be if I don't do it? Sure. So I'm not an attorney. I'll say that. You just play one um, on Divi chat. But on Divi chat, I will say that from everything I've seen and what I've learned is it's most, you're definitely covered in the United States under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Now, different, there are 68 countries that have um, some type of accessibility laws and they're, they're different. So you got to kind of know what country you're in and, and all of that. But and then there's international accessibility standards. I don't know if there's any meat behind. I don't know if there's any bite behind it. But, um, but in America, if you're designing America uh, and Australia, Canada, your websites have to be compliant. And it's really, really not hard. Um, and so it's just worth doing. And you can be fined upwards of $65,000 per um, uh, infringement. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think Domino's was the biggest oh, lawsuit right, yeah. uh, a year and a half, two years ago um, that they were the biggest win. But here's my, here's the thing for the, 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 the lawn care person. If his website's not compliant, he could potentially be losing out on business because estimates are 20% of the people using the internet are having some type of, you know, disability. So mm -hmm. if they can't access his website or a function of his website, um, like a, a contact page, if your contact page only has a telephone number, um, well, people with uh, certain disabilities don't want to access you through the phone. They want to send you an email, you know, so have a contact form, you know, it's, it's not that, yeah. again, it's not that hard. I mean, let's be honest. Nobody wants to use the phone anymore. Exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's a millennial problem too. Millennials <laughs> call go. someone. They don't. That's their disability. <laughs> yes, yes. It's the millennial yeah. disability. Yeah, they don't. Uh, okay, so there are. It is possible to get fined. I find like I haven't heard of anybody in a small with a small website or things like that. I don't. No, so I don't know how that all losing, does. Losing. But obviously, we know. It's, you've made it very clear, I think, which has been great that not only is it just the good human thing to do, but it's better for everybody involved. Maybe we could talk um, a little bit more technically about it. Like, um, Tim, you had a question. Do you want to throw that out there? Uh, yeah. So I, I was wondering, now you, you already touched on, on Divi and uh, other page builders. Um, is there any tools that like, we talked a lot about contact forms. Is there a contact form plugin that's your go-to because they make accessibility really easy or, and maybe some other types of plugins and stuff too, that you found are, are accessibility friendly, we'll call it. Um, we use gravity forms and some Caldera and both are great. Um, the, even the, the built-in Divi contact form is, is fine. I mean, cause some of that, the basic HTML for that is, is super fine. Um, the, super fine. Super fine. The big thing is where a lot of people drop the ball on compliance is the error messages that a form generates. Um, 
if you don't somebody with a cognitive impairment, um, you know, if they, if they miss filling in a, a form and you don't very clearly articulate to them the error and give them a sample of how to fix it, well, you're, you're not serving them. Um, and so you want to pay attention to those success messages. I see that on a lot of Divi websites. Nobody fixes the success message and you can't see, you know, it blends into That's the a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> big annoyance. Um, because we don't, most people don't look, take the time to see it. So, um, the, the thing to know about Divi is if you're going to hand the website off to a client with a disability, the backend Divi experience is not accessible or friendly for people oh, with, with a lot of That's good to know. Yeah. So that would be something to be, but th there's no theme builder that is, unfortunately. So um, you would think somebody would really be working hard at that because it's a significant percentage of the market. It comes down to dollars. It does. Do you, think, hear... do you think enough's been, sorry, Stephanie, do you no, no, go think ahead, enough's Mike. been done? Yeah. yeah, sorry. Do you think uh, enough's been done, Eric, where uh, across the board with, say, the, you know, the even WordPress itself in, in, its, in its own form before you've added Divi, before we've added any other theme, um, do you think there's enough done to, to look at these uh, issues? I think so. I think W3C is really working hard on it and, you know, putting out best practices for code and, you know, HTML5, you know, was a big jump forward and um, just understanding all of those, you know, things. It's just, yes, I, we're always going to be able to continue to go further, but I, I think it's pretty good where it is. I think it would get even, I mean, if, if Google took out some of the mystery of what, how they rank websites, sites and actually said, okay, you're going to get 25% for accessibility, 25% for, you know, <clears throat> um, how you've created the design in terms of the speed, the performance, all of that, all that sort of thing. I think that it would be taken even more seriously. It might well already be there and we don't know because <laughs> it's just a mystery. No, no. Um, but no, but on the other hand, a lot of the things that are make a website accessible are fantastic for, because uh, another accessibility, because the nice thing about accessibility is it extends even beyond disability. So mm -hmm. people with slow uh, internet speed, you know, mm -hmm. if you design your website, great with accessibility in mind, they're going to have an easier time accessing your website. Um, and that comes down to load time, load speed. So it, it's all connected. It's all connected. It's a social just, and it's just the disability side of it is a social justice issue. Um, and people have, a, it's, it's a human rights issue. Um, like it or not, people, human beings have the right to access that guy's website to, that's a lawn, that owns a lawn care business. They, they have that right. Um, and without doing it, he's discriminating against them. So that's my soapbox part. I think also, mm -hmm. I think also what happens is people go off to get design inspirations from, from say some of the sites like AWWW you know, uh, awards and get lost in these fantastic designs that people come up with. Um, and actually, and whilst those designs look absolutely amazing, they're not going to be um, anywhere near accessible. Um, and it's, it's, it's sometimes just remembering who you're designing for, 
uh, and what your audience is. So if you want to go off and do those projects, that's great. You know, if you want to learn more and, and, and create something that's amazing, um, are you, are you create? It's, it's, it's one of the other interesting things is very often on those sites, you'll get audio on the sites and audio for a long time um, as loaded by default has always been a big no-no. Um, and a lot of people right. say, don't, you know, don't have something load by default that's that's got a voice and we're all immediately if you're out and about and you've got a mobile phone and you go to a website and there's sound coming out of it you're oh turn it off turn it off where's the off button and uh, yeah. that's also you know another an, another feature of uh, of design as it was um but over the last few years or so that's actually mostly been phased out people don't tend to do that now yeah yeah and, and i think to that point mike design this is like a, a very butchered steve jobs quote he famously said something along the lines of design isn't just how it looks it's the way it works and so yeah. by kind of going like you mentioned the the awards uh website you know super kind of out there designs that are really unique and creative and stuff it's like they're designing for aesthetics only but design is so much more than that it's how it works it's usability it's accessibility and so by only focusing on the aesthetics part of it really it comes down to being an irresponsible designer um because as eric mentioned that's a, a form of discrimination um and so uh, as as web developers web designers we kind of have to take that responsibility and take it seriously because it's not just making the, the website look pretty uh, because to 20% of the population, they're not going to be able to see the prettiness of it. So uh, yeah, you're leaving them out of the loop there. And there's some things you can do. And Christian would be, if he's still in the chat, he'd be able to be able to share one of these better than I can. But there's some uh, CSS that you can do that um, if somebody has some settings in their browser, like let's say you're, you're going to have an, um, an SVG or a, a GIF. And if based upon somebody's browser settings, if they're like, I don't want to see moving colors because they have epilepsy and, and moving colors, you know, could, could have, you know, cause them to have a, a, a an attack or a headache or a seizure yeah. or something like that. Um, well, they can have their browser set not to show those. And you can, you can with CSS say, well, if somebody's asking for this, show them this static image instead. Or let, if you're like, I've got a client who has a spinning uh, logo mm. and we're just about to take on redesigning their site. Well, we're going to have that in there for if somebody has that, that setting turned on in their browser, their logo won't spin. I know somebody who has a logo that does all kind of flips and flops, Mike Devitt. <laughs> ESAP, what can I say? It is we a cool, it is a, it's a cool yeah. animation. But don't get, so, you don't have to get rid of it. You just have to make, you just have to make have an alternative for it. Yeah, have alternative. And here's, the, if you really want to be above, if you, I think if you want to protect yourself, um, it's really simple to do W3, website has a, a, a generator that you can go in and create a web accessibility policy for your website. But we net, if you go to either in transit or coastal city creative and a lot of websites, you'll see now in the footer, privacy policy, terms of use, disclaimer, website accessibility. Oh. Um, if they click on that, it's just a thing saying, Hey, we're doing our best. Here's the standards we're trying to meet. Yeah. If there's an issue, please reach out and let us know. We want to make our website better for you. Please don't call the FBI on us. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So please don't do that. But um, yeah, W3 has a, has a generator for it. That's cool. I like it. Learn that site. 
Termageddon needs to get on those too, huh? Well, that's where I found I about, so. I, I emailed him and I said, are you guys thinking of this? And he just sent me a link back straight to that. Oh, straight to that. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so Christian actually had put some stuff in. We were sort of talking about different things. I was going to circle back to it. One of the CSS tricks he put in, which we'll put in the show notes is, um, is a trick to check for empty alt tags. Now I have two things to say about this one. That's super cool. It's a, he, like it just outlines anything. If like the alt is empty, it outlines the field or the image in red. My next, my like B question, like my second thought on that though is, do you have to have an alt tag on every image? Because it's my understanding that if it's just sort of atmospheric, it doesn't, it's not supposed to have an alt tag. Right. If it's not adding to the context, you do not have to have an alt tag on it. And there's a difference between a missing call, alt tag and a purposely not there. So, right. So that's, uh, and then did he say something else too? He's, you can tell Christian has been doing all this stuff a lot with you. Uh, oh, another thing with forms that he mentioned, uh, if you hide the form labels and just show the placeholder text, when you click in the field, they can't see the placeholder text. Forms are complicated with accessibility. Yeah. And you kind of like, they're, they're, they're slowly developing a standard too. And so people are used to them being like, how many times you go to a website and have to fill in their form and their credit card stuff is all out of whack or out of, and you're like, who the heck designed this? Like, you yeah. know, like there's a, you're anticipating a form, like just do that over and over and over and make it look good. There's another one I was um, looking at earlier, which is the, uh, where you use the user, a scalable no is used in the meta name viewport. So you're stopping people from zoom, zooming in, um, which can, oh, you know, th that's a setting I see a lot um, on, on, on websites. We had um, someone recently uh, ask us to look after three websites. And at first you looked, I looked at them and I thought, oh, these look okay. And then we went down to mobile and it was the it was cl clickable elements too close together. Google would have had a field day <laughs> because you couldn't even click on anything. It was just and uh, but that that quite often happens. And that was the 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 old style. Some some old websites great, but they're not thinking about all of their audience. And that is that's what we're talking about. Um, and. Uh, I, I think it's really good to go through the Google Lighthouse audit as well, just as a, as a starting point to see what you are compliant in, uh, in from Google's perspective and what you're missing and then address those things that you're missing. I'm embarrassed to say I've never done the Lighthouse thing. But hey. It's, it's important to do it for this desktop. This is how we are on Divi Chat. We all talk about the things we do wrong. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, I think the Lighthouse audit, I mean, it's, it's changed quite a bit um, and... Um, Google have, uh, are constantly changing it, but uh, it's it's certainly um, the fact that GT metrics have changed over now and they're using um, for core web vitals, they're using the, the, the Lighthouse audit. Uh, that shows how far oh, it's come. Are? You can oh, still, yeah, you can still use the old, the, the old GT metrics if you want. You can use the classic or you can use the um, latest one. Yeah. Yeah. But I got the... a better score on the classic. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore that's stick what you're that. going to send to yeah, the client. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so but when I you think do the, you have to run it in Chrome DevTools. I'm, I'm looking at the Lighthouse site now. 
yeah, just to just uh, right click inspect, hit lighthouse. Um, oh, and you that's can it. Oh, okay. Run, so it's already You can there. run consecutive reports. You can run a, a report um, for mobile. You've got all the options there. You've got the progressive web app op option, which obviously we don't tend to use, but the, the other four are all very relevant. And, um, and the great thing, this... the accessibility shows you what you've passed on as well as what needs to be improved. Super cool. So we've got a lot of tools here, guys, that we can use to check and see if we are accessible. And then we've talked about some tools to help make things accessible, like that one plugin that was mentioned. Um, what, other, what other tools are there, Eric, that, that you could recommend or think of in, to help with accessibilizing yeah. Um, so there, there are in almost every location, there's going to be local organizations of, you know, for, you know, for people with disabilities of people with disabilities, things like that. Um, reach out, make a connection with them and just tell them you're looking to create a group of website testers um, that use adaptive equipment um, and ask them from time to time, you know, you know, offer to pay a little bit. It's totally okay. Um, but have a board, have a, have an advisory board that looks at websites for you. That's really the, one of the best ways to do it. Um, just get some real, real world feedback. Um, but also try to use your website, uh, with, you know, no mouse, you know, try to use it just with a keyboard, you know, sometime mm -hmm. it's, it's very informative. Um, you, you, you'll be surprised. That is totally so. true. Well, guys, we're coming up on the top of the hour. Before we do our final thoughts, um, I just want to say, like, if you are in the, if you're in the chat right now, please give us a thumbs up. We'd love it. It would mean so much to us. And if you are, um, if you're listening on your podcast app, give us some stars, give us a rating and a review. We can read them out on the air and, if you have any suggestions for topics like this, this is, you know, we've tackled a couple big topics over the past couple of weeks and it's things that can be kind of intimidating and stressful. And we see them a lot in the groups. If you have something that you'd like us to discuss, um, please let us know. If you have somebody that's an expert on something that will be a guest on the show, let us know. We're here to, we're here to serve you. Um, so before we do wrap up though, uh, Tim, Mike, do you guys have any Final thoughts, what was your big takeaway? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have any final nuggets because this is not something that I am an expert in by any means, but I would say uh, take the time to do it because it's it's the right thing to do. Don't do it because you're afraid of getting a, you know, a huge $65,000 fine. That probably won't happen, but do it right. because it's the right thing to do and you have to think of the opportunity costs, like Eric mentioned, how many people, if you know, you're a business and your website is used to make money, how many people are going to your site and can't contact you correctly, or they're annoyed because they can't use your website correctly. So they're bouncing. And then also that bounce rate could also negatively affect your SEO score as well. Uh, so yeah, so take the time to do it. I know I'm going to do it. I'm going to kind of reevaluate and, and, and figure out what I need to do. Uh, Cause I'm an e-commerce website. And so it's just stupid not to, um, not only is it the right thing to do, but it would just be dumb to, to miss out, um, on potential business. So, so yeah, that's, that's my final thought. Mike, what do you got? Uh, I was thinking about, um, interstitials, which, um, 
a lot of people will uh, yeah <laughs> sometimes just i just sit around and think about them <laughs> i thought interstitials uh-oh divvy overlays <laughs> last Here we thing go. i get this well, question no, so much i'm curious what mike's gonna say <laughs> no i don't you see I, there's nothing wrong with divvy overlays uh the 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 real reason that um interstitials are, are a problem are because they're they're not used or the, the way that the there's not the space is not made available for whatever it is that's that's going to appear and it's not about you know people think it's just about pop-ups and banners and, and things yeah. like that but actually what it is it's when it's covering something that somebody's trying to read or the um the way to close it down is it, you don't you you can't see how to do it and you've seen this on, on on many websites and things like that um and um this is what google's trying to penalize people for as well and this again just coming back to eric's point which he made you know at the beginning everything helps by getting rid of these sort of things and getting rid of um of, of the of the way that the page is loading and then all of a sudden this pop-up appears that um goes over the content um but is it is done in such a way that you, you you don't know how to close it down. You haven't got any clue about how to do that. Sometimes um, that happens when you aren't disabled. You yeah. get the, oh, yeah. like on a mobile uh, device, yeah. especially. Or oh, you, you, yeah, you, it's like they do it in a way so that you're accidentally clicking on their ads. Yes. And it's, uh, that's, that's, that's exactly that's the point is what so they're trying to get rid of. tiny on those little that's ads. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. Tim's hit the nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that was the last thing I was thinking. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. We've got a couple other comments in the chat. You're getting a ton of positive feedback, Eric. Everybody said this has been a super helpful and informative episode. That makes me so happy to hear, too. Um, and there was a question. Oh, somebody, uh, Nigel said, sliders, yes or no? I mean, I feel like accessibility or not, the answer is no to that. But <laughs> um, If you give people the ability to control them um, and the controls are accessible uh, with the keyboard, if you can click into and out of, because um, the, the, if not, you you can create what's called a keyboard trap. Um, mm. A lot of times you can click into something, but you can't click out. Now you the person's stuck. Interesting. Um, so as long as you give people control, uh, yeah, you can. Um, but then from a design perspective, but then we all have the clients that are like, I really like it. Well, okay. Mm -hmm. I know. I just tell them like, yeah. sorry. <laughs> It's interesting with pop-ups and uh, we were, we, when we started dealing with one particular client and a very successful uh, product and they said at the beginning, oh, we're not going to do pop-ups. We're not going to go down that road. And then about six months into the, the contract, they said, oh, we've, we've decided we're going to do a pop-up and it was mm. really successful. It was a 10% off. It was getting an email address and it was very, very successful. So People still, people are attempted by it. People use it. It's just making it right. It's making it, you know, a lot of times, a chance. I was going to say a lot of times on the X out, the close button on pop-ups, um, they aren't always natively um, triggered with the tab on the keyboard. And yeah. that's a big compliance issue. So make sure that people can X out of it if they want, or you're going to lose them off your website completely then at that point. Right. Yeah. Or some of you have built into Divi overlays, which the intention wasn't purely for accessibility is escape key functionality. So you can hit the escape key and it closes right away without having to tab through. But yeah, yeah I'm going to evaluate though and see, make sure we have 
not just on my website, but also the tools that we sell, the plugins, are they accessible and uh, do they make it easy for designers to make it accessible for, on their websites? So, yeah. Uh, Magi Web said that uh, he was looking at some of his plugins and they have hard coded click here things in there. I can't find that message. Oh no, learn more. It's hard coded, learn more. So he's uh, now I gotta fix that. And then later on, he said, we should all send this video to our plugin developers so they can. <laughs> yeah. so they no can more, know. learn more, get rid of learn more. Uh, and yeah, you're Sometimes getting tons of props. Apps, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I will tell you what my uh, key takeaway is, and I have really appreciated this about you, Eric, is that a lot of folks do make this overcomplicated and they make it, uh, in, they make it intimidating and like, oh, you're, you, you're going to get fined for this or, or it's my rights or, you know, like there's always some sort of intense reason for it. And you've made this, you've made accessibility so accessible for us <laughs> okay. today. Yeah. No, just the idea that like, hey, this isn't that hard just do it. And it's better for your website anyway, and for your conversions and, and all of that. I have, I've really appreciated that. I see a lot of things out there that are like people saying it's going to cost $10,000 to make your website accessible and things like that. And I'm like, you know, cause those people offering it as a service and I'm sort of thinking like, well, that some, now some people's really content, big website that was built. Some people's oh, content, that's it, yeah. To go like that's where the chat like getting mm. all of the closed captioning on videos and transcripts and sign language and audio description and all of those because that's what it is. If yeah. you re if you want to be at the highest level, you're not using just subtitles. You're using um, sign language because a person that speaks oh, right. sign that's their native language, and they want the website. And that's a whole nother a whole nother accessibility issue with websites is. Uh, ESL. You know, I have two children that have only been speaking um, English for a year and it's not because they're newborns. Um, we, we've adopted them from another country and they're 12 and 13. And the internet is, you know, hard for them in a lot of places because their English isn't their first language. So that's a whole nother accessibility issue that can really make an impact on an e-commerce site. So, for sure. Yeah. yeah so it goes beyond being blind. Yeah, it does. But I, I love the concept that this is achievable, it's doable, and it's beneficial for everybody all the way around. Yeah. All right, you guys, Eric, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, this was really you, awesome. Your thank your you perspective on this coming from both sides of it as both a developer and someone that suffers with a visual impairment, that is, it's such an invaluable perspective to have. And uh and we always love hanging out with our pals anyway. So, uh, all right, you guys, uh, ju jump over to ratethispodcast.com slash Divi chat, uh, where you can, it'll open up a thing that lets you review, give a little review on whatever podcast app you have installed on your device. And until, in, in the meantime, we will, uh, we'll leave you here. We will see you guys all next week where we have another awesome Divi topic. Thanks everyone. Take care.